Whoa. Woo. Welcome to the jungle. That, no, that's no reflection on you guys. That's just the title of my message. Uh, thank you. You, can, you may all be seated. You guys can take your seats as well. I'm continuing Mathan's series on the fact that we are all ministers this morning, and uh, I think it's quite apt that I have titled this Welcome to the Jungle, having been in ministry for nearly 25 years. So I actually want to preempt my message this morning by showing you a movie clip. And uh, for those of you watching online, I apologize that although we do have uh, copyright permission to show this, the uh, uh, algorithms of online streaming are such that if we gave you sound, it's likely to be cut off. So you uh, actually will have to watch a silent movie with subtitles for this part, and hopefully uh, that will stick with you. If it disappears completely, I apologize in advance because my message will mean nothing. Uh, but for those of you here who hopefully uh, we'll get to see the, the clip. It's about five minutes long. Who's seen the movie Jumanji? Now, if you haven't, briefly, the movie starts with four dysfunctional high school kids who've been given the task of cleaning out the school ba basement as detention. They discover an old video game and decide to play it, and the game suddenly takes control, and they find themselves actually inside the game. Wild, eh? Uh, the scene you're about to see sets up their mission for the movie. So it's about five minutes long, so break out the popcorn and the drinks if you've got them and turn your eyes to the screen. That's, uh, that's your homework for tonight. But here we can see what is quite a familiar, I think, movie trope uh, where inadequate people are forced to recognize their hidden abilities and then use them to achieve outcomes that are way beyond their expectations. This scene itself is quite powerful in that for the, for the protagonists in the movie, it gives them a backstory. It challenges each person to accept new responsibilities. It sets them a seemingly impossible goal. It tells them that the secret to their success is teamwork. And then it kicks them out of their safe environment. In other words, the Land Rover. My question for you is, does any of this sound familiar? because it should. Because at some point in most of our lives, I hope, that we've actually made, come to a decision moment where we accept the need for a saviour in our life in the person of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we take on similar challenges. We become part of a 2,000-year-old plus story. We lay down our abilities to trust in the abilities of the Holy Spirit. We're called to spread the gospel to the whole world, a seemingly impossible task. Success involves becoming part of a faith community or a church. And our best work is actually done outside of the safety of the church walls. But just like the protagonists in Jumanji, we are often reluctant to get involved, often due to fears, concerns, and misconceptions about our role in God's kingdom plans. So I want to dispel some of those misconceptions and myths this morning. Let's look at Joshua chapter 1. Verses 5 and 6, with God speaking to Joshua, he says, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. 
Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Now this is one of those times we need to ask, why did God say that? Don't forget, this is Joshua we're speaking to. He's an experienced, hardened battle general of many campaigns, many successes. He's in advancing years. He's over 60 at this point. God has just assured him of his constant companionship and success in everything he does. So why would God waste his breath telling Joshua to be strong and courageous? He knows who Joshua is. He knows what Joshua's done. And I I sort of think standing in Joshua's shoes, I'd be a little insulted. Oh, great general, brave person, uh, by the way, be strong and courageous. It's like, excuse me, that's my job? But I think the answer is in the next couple of verses where he says, again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So God now unpackages what he's saying a bit. And I think we tend to look at Joshua as a hero, as an icon, an extraordinary person. But God is reminding him here that despite his obvious competence and accomplishments, he will be taken on a new journey, a faith journey that will require an obedience to God and a knowledge of his word, which will take even him way out of his comfort zone. And this is emphasized again in verse 9. God does not let up. He says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. I mean, Joshua must be getting really worried about this point. He says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, I love reading about Joshua because he is a hero of the faith. But the thing that comes to me when I read Joshua is that I'm nothing like Joshua. I don't consider myself a hero. Given a war, I'm not sure I could rise to the occasion like Joshua did. But that's okay. Because I've come to realize God is not after heroes in the flesh, but people who are willing to become ministers in the faith. Everyone starts on an even footing. In the movie, we see that manifested in the game by each player being assigned special skills and abilities to enable them to complete their mission. These skills and abilities happen to be complementary to the skills and abilities of the other players so that the best outcome can only be achieved if they operate as a tightly knit unit. Now as people of faith, as ministers, we do not get assigned special abilities. I'm sorry to say. But we get assigned a person, a constant companion, a counsellor and helper called the Holy Spirit. Our faith journey relies on us being able to trust his ability to do what we can't do as we continue to do what we can do. Let's look at another misconception which cripples the body of Christ today. Our favourite New Testament author, James. No cheer for James? Come on, we're supposed to be having fun this morning. James was a fun guy. He grows on you. (laughs) Verse 2, dear brothers and sisters, 
Here, here, this is why he's cheerful. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Did I not tell you that this was a happy camper? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. That's the, well, we're all after trying to grow our endurance, aren't we? I mean, that, that's, we wake up every morning thinking, I'm not, I, I don't have enough endurance. Test me more, God. That's, I mean, I'm the only one. No. <laughs> for let it, let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Anybody think they've got there? Good no liars in this group. Now, because of the way that particular scripture is actually structured in the English language, I think it's very easy to picture this idea of troubles of any kind seeking us out and attacking us as we meander through our normal everyday life. Many Christians take comfort in the idea that troubles come their way because of what they believe. But this is not what James is implying here. These troubles are just what life throws at everyone, whether they have faith or not. If we read the rest of James chapter 1, and I challenge you to do so, we discover that troubles only come the way of people looking for trouble. These people are called ministers. In verse 22, James says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. The opportunity for great joy comes not from being persecuted, but from the knowledge that if we are being attacked, we must be in the fight. We must be ministering. And again, if you notice in the, the clip I showed you, nothing was going to happen to them while they sat in the Land Rover. Trouble was only going to find them if they stepped out and actually started out on their mission. It was also made very clear when the doors flew open that this was their only option. <laughs> Trouble won't find us as we sit in church. It will find us as we go to that place beyond our own abilities where we trust in the Holy Spirit. And as it tells us, in Matthew 28, we go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know whether you noticed, but the concept of teamwork is only mentioned briefly during their initiation to the world of Jumanji, when Nigel Billingsley says, with the invaluable help of your associates, you must use your complementary skills to return the jewel to the Jaguar's eye and lift the curse. Now, we know if we've watched it at least once, and, and even if you haven't, you know that this is often a plot device because this, this enables the characters to work out that their individual skills will not bring them success unless they actually work together. But the interesting thing is that works in real life as well. We're given instructions in Ephesians about the importance of working together as a community of ministers to build the kingdom of God. Ephesians 4.16 Oh, sorry, 4, 11 and 12, says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. I love this passage. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And the importance of working together as a coherent team is further emphasized in verse 16, where he says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthier and growing in love and full of love. Now, just as in Jumanji, we have the opportunity to level up when it comes to ministering together in the body of Christ. I asked our dinner party last week 
what part of the body they would consider themselves, or in fact our church, to actually be. And uh, that, uh, that stimulated some great debate. Some of the answers aren't repeatable here. Um, but just as an example, and I stress that this was not an example given at dinner party, uh, it seems to be common trend, a common trend among Christians and even some churches over the last couple of years to visualise themselves as the middle finger of the church. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and as the middle finger, people have felt led to give various political stances, information sources, medical experts and other institutions the benefit of their finger. This is what I would call a level one response. Sure, it's perhaps a valid response, but it's definitely only a level one response. After all, it doesn't involve any teamwork to do that. And so my, my advice would be, if, if you think you're the middle finger, how do you level up? Well, my advice would be, if you're the middle finger, go and find the forefinger. And go and find the ring finger and the pinky and the thumb. And get together and decide what you can do. Oh, look at that. We can form a fist. Perhaps we can go and fight for the under, underdog and the underprivileged and those who can't help themselves. We can bring some biffo to the fight and we can help them. Great. Great response. Bit of cooperation involved. Still a bit, a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Or at least it would it be if they'd discovered the knee yet, but they haven't. And so that's what I'd call a level two response. But what? What if the hand discovered the forearm? And the, discovered the upper arm? And it discovered the shoulder? Suddenly you've got this unit and they think, wow! Now we can punch harder. <laughs> but we can, also, we, we can actually reach out. We can grab people and lift them out of their circumstance. We can do so much more. Incredible. They've cooperated in a greater capacity and they've discovered more things that they can do. Level three. They've leveled up to level three already. Can we go on? Of course we can go on. There's lots more. What if this arm discovered this arm? <laughs> Two fists. Stop that, will you? You can actually reach out to more people. You can carry heavy loads. You can not only reach out to people, you can reach up and get support for yourself so that you can become part of a, a chain of people helping things. You are a level four community. And we could go on, but I, th I think you get the picture. You know, when you, you get the legs, you can move around. It, it, it's, we can level up as a community. And as our community grows and matures, we can really make Ephesians 4, 6, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We can make that something really powerful. I think we have to find a balance between making sure our community is healthy, growing and full of love and ministering as a team outside of that community. How do we do that? I think a great place to enact this balance is at our Good Friday service, the table. Not only is it great community spirit to get together and celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, and this year we're, we're focusing on the table, that special meal Jesus had with his disciples. And if you read through the Bible, you know, will notice that the table is actually quite a common motif. You know, it talks about you know, setting a table for us amongst our enemies and things like this. The interesting thing about the Last Supper is there probably wasn't a table there. Uh, we're, we're all too enamoured by Leonardo da Vinci's pictures. Um, but apparently the thing of the time was lounging around on couches, which sounds much more fun. Um, but it's still an important motif to talk about. Uh, 
But not only can we actually celebrate that as a community, that we can build each other up and we can, we can come together and celebrate, but we can reach out to people who need to be encouraged by the message of hope that Easter delivers and invite them to come and celebrate with us. Being a minister can be fun. Welcome to the jungle. There are dangers out there. There are adventures out there. There are missions, there are goals, there are setbacks, there are traps. On your own in the jungle, it's a deadly place to be. With a team where your skills and abilities complement other people's, where all, everybody is relying on the fact that we have the Holy Spirit. Not just with me, did, did, did I mention the fact that you know, when I accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live in me. The rest of you miss out. It doesn't work like that. Everybody who accepts Jesus has the Holy Spirit working on their side. We all actually have to make those decisions about laying down our abilities and trusting in the abilities given to us by God through his Holy Spirit. And that's how we grow. That's how we level up as a community. Can I ask you all just to stand for a moment? It might seem a bit frivolous in terms of the language we're using, but I think it fits in well with what Brendan's started for us today. But I think God understands what we're about. And I want us to actually think clearly about our own role in the building of God's kingdom. And this, the idea of leveling up, the fact that you know, God loves us where we are, but he also loves us enough not to let us stay there. He's looking for us to grow, to change our attitudes, to be able to see what he sees more clearly. He sees the whole body. Often we're just wandering around on the periphery and he wants us to get more involved. So I want us to believe that God can level us up, but only if we're willing. So if you're willing, I want you to pray with me, agree with me this morning. Because Lord, I just pray that through the power and the strength and the grace of your Holy Spirit in our lives, you can give us revelation which enables us to see differently and to do differently, to have a greater influence because we operate as a team, to have a greater influence because we are surrendered to your desires and your abilities, because we have a greater care for other people than ourselves. So Lord, we pray this morning that as we step up and step out, that you would help us level up as we go out into the world. In Jesus' name, amen.